it's been there the whole time and they're all like wow what do you mean wow you never turned around you're on the ground dad look at what the same thing that's been there that pissed me off didn't even notice that i don't even remember it dad look points at the island yep You two could formally meet, I guess. Oh, oh this is true. Nice to meet you. Nice I am formally well. Lauren <laughs> Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Lauren Gets Lost. I'm Zane. I'm Lauren. I'm Kate. You always act so surprised when you have to say your name. It makes me nervous. Was this the fourth time you've been on? Um, I think it's third. Fourth. Because you two Kate episodes, Hurley, now this. Mm, no, I think it's the third. No. Yeah. No. <laughs> Are you fucking with me or do you really not know? <laughs> it's, the third. it's definitely the fourth. Whatever the case may be, numbers, born to run. No, I was the Yes, you were. No. Okay. Just going to quickly pull up the audio for numbers and show you your own voice. I don't think I was on it. Oh, wait, I might have been on it. There you go. Oh, was that the Hurley one? You were on it because you were talking about how you called him Hugo. Whatever. All right. Well, Kate, this is your first time on. Apparently, you can't remember that. And today we're covering Exodus Part 2, which not really a lot happened. This one was kind of set up for Part 3, in my opinion. Yeah, I would agree. And we watched this one together. So Zane got to see the riveting experience of me watching Lost. Yeah, your phone is just mainly what you look at. I was sending a, a few texts. I don't know what's wrong with that. I still saw the episode, and like you said, not much happened. Here's my synopsis. Not much happened. Just kidding. I'll, I'll, I didn't do a synopsis, but I got it. It is. Leading up to the final episode of the season, the quest for dynamite continues. The raft hits a little bit of a... A walk, if you will. <laughs> um, and someone steals a baby. There you go. Great stuff as always, Lauren. Not my best work. Speaking of not your best work. What? I only have two quick bits for this episode. And they're not great. Uh, number one, this episode was directed by Jack Bender. Again. And number two, this originally was a quick bit for Do No Harm. But then I realized... The baby's name wasn't in it, so I couldn't use it as a quick bit. Aaron was born the same day as Boone. Aaron Boone is a former Yankees player and now manager. Another reference to David Lindelof and Carlton Cuse being big Yankees fans. Did you talk about the theory that Aaron is Boone reincarnated? I hate that theory. I love that theory. I think it's true. Moving on. It's kind of like how um, the Queen reincarnated into Malibu Barbie. <laughs> I like that one a lot more than the Aaron Boone situation. I was a big fan of my How the Grinch Stole Christmas theory, which when what I watched it, just, yeah, just, it's like the opening scene of the movie. You have a bad habit of being like, well, at least that's what I think. But it's like literal fact. The, I can't bring up the best, and the best the, example yet because it's at the very end of the series, but... And then in the, in the final season, there's like this landmark 
that I thought did not have a name. I was like, well, I've always called it this. And then in the next scene, one of the characters like, we have to go to this. And I was like, oh, I guess I, I guess I didn't come up with that. Yeah, at least that's what I call it. <laughs> it's like when your brother thought he created chillax. He did. When we were watching Corey in the house and they started saying chillax, he was like ready to like write a lawsuit. He was like, I created that word. And we were like, no, you didn't. <laughs> All right, well, let's get into it. This episode opens up with another shot of an eye. This time it's Aaron's as Claire struggles to get him ready to leave the camp. Nice guy Charlie runs up to help and Claire shuts him down as she's overwhelmed with being a mother. And he tells her it'll be okay, but she's tired of everyone saying that. Man, that doesn't ring a bell. Relatable. (laughs) Anytime Kate is having a nervous breakdown, I'll say... We'll figure it out. We always do. And she'll respond, we never figure it out. (laughs) We never figured anything out ever. We just move from one job we hate to another job we hate. We just forget about our problems until they come back. Saeed is directing the background characters to go to the caves, and Charlie walks up to him asking for a gun. Saeed turns him down, citing what happened with Ethan, but Charlie argues with him saying that he only wants to help Claire. Saeed says the best way to help her is to get her packed and carry the baby, and Charlie sulks off. Charlie's so annoying. (laughs) Just shut the fuck up. I'm sure you loved him later. What do you do later? I forget. (laughs) I'm sure you'll tell me. He looks like he's never taken a single, like, firearm safety class, so I would not be giving that man a gun. I thought you were going to say that he looks like he's never taken a single shower, and I was going to be like, yeah, for for sure. I don't know if reasons to not give him a gun. I don't know if you guys saw Saeed's nails in this episode. Are they long? They're bad. What? Well, I guess they probably have nail clippers somewhere. I mean, most of them, their nails are, like, relatively okay. Saeed's, like... He's pretty busy. (laughs) He yep. has a lot on his plate. It's as if every single finger was a Coke nail. I just have to say, Anne Allie said this many episodes ago, that she thinks his fingernails are disgusting. I never realized it until he handed Charlie the gun. I, I didn't even notice it. Too busy looking at his face. I was texting. The jungle team stares at the Black Rock, which is, again, a sailboat in the jungle. Hurley asks how something like that could happen, and sassy Danielle asks if they're on the same island. Arts points out that they're only a few miles inland and a tsunami must have swept it in. What was your comment? (laughs) I thought they were like right on the shore. So I was like, oh, some tides pushed it in. They're like, what are we, a few miles inland? I'm like, well, there goes my stupid theory. Uh, It looks old, though. Yeah, it was 1860s is when they like guesstimated. So, you know, water comes and goes. Makes sense to me. Danielle pieces out, saying she only agreed to lead them, and they do not need her. Locke tells Jack to let her go because he will lead them back. And then Jack tells Arts to follow them to get the dynamite, and Arts refuses to go on the Black Rock. I believe the direct quote was, I never agreed to get on a haunted ghost ship. Jack gets sick of him and tells him to just stay put, and Hurley agrees to stay with him. At this point, Arts is just so fucking annoying. He's abandoned the trip like twice. I didn't actually think he's being that annoying. The whole point he's there is like for the dynamite. And he's like, I'm not going. Yeah. If someone told me I was going to a rock and then they're like, actually, you're going to get in a spooky ship with dynamite. I would be like, no, I'm not going. He knew the dynamite was going to be there. It's the whole reason (laughs) he came. 
No, I'm not going into a spooky ship filled with dynamite. Way in here, Lauren. Um, all I could think of was SpongeBob. And also, yeah, I didn't in the moment find ours to, to be annoying. But I will say, he gave that whole spiel about like, oh, there's other people on this island. Like, I want to be part of your cool clique. Well, the cool clique goes into ghost ships full of dynamite. So get your ass in there, buddy. Locke, Jack, and Kate climb onto the ship. They find skeletons chained to the walls. And Locke determines that it must have been a slave ship for a mining colony. Kate finds the dynamite in a crate. Meanwhile, Arts is talking about his third ex-wife to Hurley, who has completely zoned out. Arts gets offended, annoyed that he's not part of the A-team. And he says there are other people on the island with stuff going on. I could have agreed with him, though. Because they are always on their next adventure. I, I wrote down, um, you know that one article where the title is, It's Heartbreaking. The worst person you know just made a great point. <laughs> That's what it made me think of when he said that. Mom said... One, she wanted to point out that she picked up on the foreshadowing that happened in the last episode where Arts was like, you need to bring me or you're going to die. And he's the one that dies. And I was like, I don't know if that's foreshadowing, if it's more ironic. Well, also, like, can you call it foreshadowing when she knows that he's going to die? Because she's seen the show before. I mean, yeah. Just because you know the determined course. She can't be like, ooh, I'm so smart. I picked up on the foreshadowing. Well, like, she has the context of the next episode. While you're right, it's also mom. So she doesn't really have the context of the next episode. I don't know what you mean. My mom is an intelligent woman who's really smart and remembers everything. She also thinks that him breaking off from the group originally and then coming back because he's getting chased by the monster is another example of that. That one, I would say, is more concrete than her pointing out that him saying, That's not foreshadowing. Well, he broke off the group originally. That's not foreshadowing. How is it not foreshadowing? How How is it foreshadowing? He broke off the group. Oh, and like he broke off the group when he exploded. Yeah. I feel like broke into pieces. No, no, I disagree. I, of the two things that she said were foreshadowing, that one seems more like foreshadowing. It's more like irony that he said, I have to go so you guys don't die, and then he ends up dying. That's irony. Right. I'm talking about the other one. Yeah, the other one. That's leaves. just not for that's just I nothing. said of the two. Neither neither. Take this up with mom. It's in her notes. The other thing mom said was arts was quote, the fifth wall here. The fifth wall. The fifth wall. I'm not sure I get it. I she said she's the cameraman. I'm like, are you trying to say that he broke the fourth wall? But he didn't, did he? I mean, a little bit when he was like, oh, there's 40 other people on this island and you guys think you're the only ones with stuff going on. We talk, we talk about this, about how there's other shit going on with the characters. Here's my yeah. question. Nikki and Paolo. Here's my question. Why is mom taking notes for this episode? She took notes for the last episode, but wanted to talk about arts blowing up. And I was like, well, we can't talk about that, mom, because it doesn't happen. And then she, when I called her today, I was like, all three of us think nothing happened in this episode. And I know you recently watched it. Do you have anything you want to contribute? And she was like, arts is the fifth wall. <laughs> okay. Well, thanks for that insight, mom. Kate tries to open the crate with a pickaxe. And Jack tells her how stupid of an idea that is. Yeah. Bach and Jack agree to take it outside. 
which Arts is still complaining about all the cliques at his high school and on the island. He says Kate gets the best wreckage and Jin is catching fish, but not for him. I do like the idea that they just completely ignore the background characters. I don't know why, but it's just appealing to me. He also comments about the fact that Hurley has not lost any weight, which I thought was uncalled for. I'm willing to give Arts douche the week. I mean, he dies. So I feel like you can't. Douches can't die? Douche of the week, Charlie. Yeah, Charlie always. What about uh, Danielle? No. She's fine. She, she she's fine. She's, did you miss the part where they mentioned she was a grieving mother? Oh, I wouldn't say grieving. I literally forgot she stole a baby. <laughs> <laughs> so when I'm sitting here going, she's fine, I... Okay, a little bit. Remember when I told you at the beginning, like right before I hit record, what happened in this episode? Yeah, I just keep forgetting. I'm a little all over the place right now. When the others come out with the dynamite crate, he yells at them, calls them idiots. He shushes Jack, tells them to get away. And then he very carefully opens the crate saying that in 90 plus heat, dynamite sweats nitroglycerin. Do we know if that's a true fact? I did not look it up, but he seemed to know what he was talking about. Okay. He says nitroglycerin is extremely unstable. He grabs the most janky looking piece. Like it had like the fucking. I do have a question. Yes. So you know how they're all scared to like move it because right. it's dangerous. Is a fresh, a freshly made stick of dynamite that dangerous? Well, it's wrapped in the clay. I mean, I'm not going to like be swinging it around, but like, can I pick it up? I think the whole point of the clay is to stabilize it. But if the it's sweating out of the clay container, it's no longer stable. Mm-hmm. See, I'm learning. But yeah, the, the piece he grabs, he's going on and on about safety, but the piece he grabs has just like clumps of it attached to the side. And then later when Jack and Locke are grabbing it, they like try to grab the drier pieces. So I just thought that was, I think he's an idiot. Was an idiot. He says the inventor of it blew himself up and then tells Kate to give him her shirt, which he then covers in mud and wraps around the dynamite. He says it's so unstable they need to be careful and not take any more than they need. But then he waves the stick and it blows him up and throws everyone to the ground. I didn't know he was going to blow up, but as he's talking about how dangerous it is and he's just fucking holding it, I knew he was going to blow up, which uh, you can head on over to our TikTok and watch a live reaction shot of me watching Arzata blowing himself up. I remembered that he blew up. So the whole time he was speaking, I was like anxious. It, like, it really made me nervous. I was like, when is he going to blow up? Did you know that? Or did you see that coming the first time you watched it? Because you, you're a seer. Not a single clue. I do not remember. We get a flashback. It is the same scene as before with Sun and Jin, but this time we get to see Jin's perspective because that's the only thing they know how to do with Jin's flashbacks. After the spill, he goes to the bathroom to wash up. We also see that Saeed was detained because of Shannon's tip in the previous episode and because they're racist. In the bathroom, an English-speaking man asks for a paper towel and Jin doesn't understand, but suddenly the man speaks Korean, telling him that he works for Peck and that he knows about their plan to run away and he tells Jin he is not free. If you do anything else besides deliver the watches, you will lose her, is what he says. So at this point, I was thinking, because in the last episode, Jin says to Sun, I'm on this island because I'm being punished. And we've kind of discussed that. Are, is everybody on this island to be punished? But I almost see it as like 
they're free now. Like they're on this island so that they could get away from her dad and save their marriage. And now they're not together and she's probably going to die on this horrible raft. But I see it as freedom, not a punishment. Here's a question I had when he was like, you'll lose her to where, where, how, where did she go? You can't find her. Cause it's, it's her dad. It's not like he's going to kill son. No, but I mean, if anything, it'd be just a situation of like, you know, Peck's got a lot of sway. He might just like make it so they can't be together, get him arrested for something. I don't know. The, it's just the implication. Just, I just feel like it would be better if he was like, you'll die. Because that makes more sense. You'll lose her to where? Where'd she go? I do think it would just be like, he would just like forbid Sun to see him. But I do think that in the end, he would just have to kill Jin. It's not like Jin's yeah. going to keep working for him if he's like not with Sun. Yeah. I mean, he's doing all of this for Sun because he needs the blessing to be with Sun in his eyes. He doesn't realize that Sun hates her father. So, do they not speak? Because it seemed pretty obvious to me. Kate, obviously they don't speak. <laughs> she do- he doesn't know she speaks English. Well, they- Sun and Jin, they yeah. speak the same language. I know. I'm saying they keep they're keeping secrets from each other. She doesn't know that his dad's alive. Like dating, she was never like, yeah, my dad's super rich. Also, I hate him. Well, it's a cultural thing. You probably don't just fucking diss on your criminal father. Just because you're open about your father doesn't mean son is. Wow. The raft team takes a look back at the island after Walt points it out. Oh, yeah. It's been there the whole time. And they're all like, wow. What do you mean, wow? You never turned around? You're on the raft. Dad, look. At what? The same thing that's been there? That pissed me off. Didn't even notice that. I don't even remember it happening. Dad, look. Points at the island. Yep. Yes. Been there the whole time. It's. I was like, no one turned around, not once, and I noticed have, it. I have no memory of that. At we all. in this scene, we get our first like real look at the size of the island, and Michael even asks how a place this big has not got discovered. I'm not sure that it's not in the context of the universe, our universe. I'm not sure that it's not not discovered, but there's, like, a ton of islands that, like, people just don't go to. Because, like, why? Which, why? There's no point. I mean, but, like, they're still monitored in a way. Mm. Who's monitoring? Yeah. Like, they're just there. And then they're, like, people, like, people can own them. And then you just own them. Sometimes they're territories, but, like, no one touches them. Because it's, like, what what am I going to do with that? I feel like... Michael's logic doesn't make any sense, though, because he's like, how did a place this big never get discovered? It clearly has. There's other people on the island and the hatch. Does Michael know about the hatch? Everyone knows about the hatch. That's the whole reason they went into the jungle at that point. Not every, like, they probably don't know, like, what specifically the hatch is. But as Arts pointed out, Hurley was telling people. And Sawyer knows because he knows that they went into the jungle for dynamite. I would just never assume that an island hasn't been discovered. It just hasn't been civilized. Well, I don't know what the others got going on, but it hasn't been like... Polar bear farm. Yeah, well, I haven't mentioned that in a long time. But anyway, you know what I mean. Right. What do you mean? I just mean, 
just because there's not a whole ass resort and civilization going on on the island doesn't mean it hasn't been discovered. It just means it's probably owned by some country that just hasn't fucked with it because it's way out in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, it's like that scene in the wilds when the boys get there and they're just like, there's no such thing as an uncharted island anymore. They just immediately assume someone's there and just start looking for a mansion. Tell that to the fire festival. <laughs> that even that wasn't an uncharted island. It was Pablo Escobar's island. No, it was gonna be on Pablo Escobar's island, and then they lost the rights to that. Oh, island. Right. So then they found another island that had nothing on it. It was crazy how that was in your bedroom. The fireplace. Yeah, it is crazy how you wouldn't tell me where the bathroom was. <laughs> I had to go. Walt asks if everyone will be okay, but Michael says he hopes so, and at least until they can get some help. I do. <laughs> I wonder if it's lost on them that the others are supposedly coming to kill them all. They're like, oh, we'll get them help eventually. They might not survive the night, is like what they're led to believe. While all this is happening, Sawyer is singing redemption songs, and everyone bonds over their love of Bob Marley. Sun watches the horizon and looks at her ring as Shannon struggles to carry her bags, Boone's bags, and walk Vincent. Thade asks why she needs so much. And she says she's fine before dropping all of Boone's belongings. She tells him that she needs these things and then says that running and hiding is stupid because the others will find them. She says it's all too much. And Saeed says it won't be too much because he will carry it for her. Um, that just reminded me that it annoyed me when Rousseau was like, you have three options. You can run, hide, or die. Run is one option. You're just going to run the whole night. The, all the hours of the night, you'll never stop. No, just you're going to run and hide. You're not just going to keep... You have two options. You can run and hide, or you can die. And that just upset me. It it really did. And I remember it upset me the first time we did the same conversation. The first time that I watched it, I was like, they're just going to keep running to where? It's an island. Where are they going to run to? You made great points. We talked last week about how the others have never really tried to kill anyone. They kidnapped... Alex, and they kidnapped Claire. So really, the options should be run and hide or get kidnapped. That's true. I was going to say something. Uh, what did you just say? What was the scene? Shannon was struggling. I got it. I love Saeed. I do. I hated this. If someone said something that corny to me, I'd be like, I can carry my own fucking bag. Thank you very much. It really like shows you when the show was made. Yeah. Because nowadays it would be like, I will help you like carry the load. Not I'm going to carry all of it. No, it's not even that. It's not even like, Oh, I'll help you versus I'll carry it. It's just the metaphor that's going on here. Cheesy. Don't like it. Too nice. Yeah. Would you say that her struggling with all her bags was camp? No, <laughs> but it was relatable. <laughs> Back at the Black Rock, Kate joins Hurley, who looks very dead inside. She asks if he's okay, and Hurley cannot get past what happened to Arts. He says he thinks it's because of the curse, and then Kate tells him it was just an accident, and Hurley pretends to agree. That would kind of be scarring. Like It's, it's kind of played for laughs a little bit, and it's glossed over very quickly, but a but man blew up. Yeah. Also, I think Kate is a bad listener because if someone was like, he blew up because of me because I'm cursed, I'd be like, tell me more. People, She's don't, just like, you're not. 
I elaborate. People don't ask enough questions when Harley starts to talk. Everyone brushes him off. I'd be like, details. Let's sit down. Maybe I'd be like, has this happened before? Like, what made you think that? Maybe not in this specific moment. The man thinks it's his fault someone died. I wouldn't be like, well, present your argument to me. Maybe it was your fault. You could have hit him with a simple, what do you mean by that? Yeah, that yeah, that would have worked. That sounds like my therapist. (laughs) <laughs> what do you mean by that Jack and Locke prep more dynamite Jack says he thinks they should reconsider this but Locke says it's the only way mm, when they were prepping that dynamite it looked like a perfectly like, grilled hot dog <laughs> <laughs> I'm hungry I'm like mm, that looks good watch this episode at like 9 in the morning yeah Locke says three should do it and they decide to take the driest pieces Locke then asks if Jack has ever played Operation, which obviously Jack has. He's a doctor, for God's sake. He'd probably be good at it, now that I think about it. Yeah, why did he pick it up? He's got that surgeon hand going on. Locke says that he always loses on the funny bone, and then he makes a really loud buzzing noise that freaks this Jack out. That's exactly something my dad would do. Every time Locke does something, I'm like, that might be my father. <laughs> Locke can't help but smile. It was giving orange in the mouth yes, energy. Yeah, I thought the same thing. Jack asks if Locke likes to play games. And absolutely he does. We know he worked in the toy store at one point. Mousetrap. Charlie made a carrier for the baby and Claire. And Claire thanks him with a kiss. Then Danielle runs out of the jungle frantically asking for Saeed. And Charlie runs to go get him. Should have known something bad was going to happen when he didn't say, come with me. Here's what I'm confused about. Did she actually need Saeed or is this a long plan to get the baby? Did she actually need Saeed and then she was alone with Claire and the baby and she said, well, I guess I'll just take his baby. Or did she actually need him? I mean, wait, you know what I mean? I think I just gave the same right. option twice. She, but no, she had to know about the baby because she was there. Well, she knows about the baby. But to Stop. me, Stop it. it felt like she needed him. And then she looked to the baby and she couldn't help herself. Like she just had to take it. But we never realized, we never find out why she needed Saeed in the first place. Maybe we'll find out next episode when they like, I'm assuming they catch her. Maybe. She's never seen again. The baby is gone. <laughs> they were like, we don't know how to film a baby on a beach all the time. We're just going to have it kidnapped. Gone. Okay, which way are you leaning towards? I think it was a crime of opportunity, not pre-planned. Okay. Why did she need Saeed then? What's, I, your, th- what's your theory is what I'm asking. I'm not trying. I'm not kidding. Maybe she saw the others and it's something different than they think. They're like... She was like warned them, but then she's like, "Oh, I actually gave them the wrong warning." <laughs> she was like, "Let me get Saeed." Well, she's like, "Let me get Saeed, and and I'll tell him." Oh, actually, you guys need to. I have no idea. I don't know, but it seemed genuine. But speaking all of all this, Charlie runs to go get Danielle, and Claire asks what happened. Daniel creepily stares at the baby, asking what his name is and if she can hold him to have someone to touch. No. Claire tries to dodge the question until she sees Daniel's scratches. She then has a memory flash of them fighting in the jungle and asks when and why 
She scratched her. I was right. I was wrong. Because I, for some reason, thought that she scratched her during the whole injection thing. But this makes it seem like when maybe when Clara was wandering back from the others or something. Oh, I have a new theory. Okay. I think that French chick, Danielle, saved Claire from the others. But Claire was confused and kind of annoying. And so she attacked Danielle and ran off from her. That's my theory. I can tell by her face that I'm right. No, I was going to say that another comment mom said was, be sure to point out how annoying Claire was in this episode. Yeah, there's... <laughs> oh, my God. Did you ever... You, do you ever play Webkins? No. You know... Do you ever... No. How did you play Webkins? The lady did. Basically, there's this little... In your little Webkins house, you can buy a film studio and you can be a Webkins movie maker. Of course. And you can make little movies where little Webkins talk to each other. And then you can insert, like, close-up scenes and you can give them different emotions. And when they're, like, angry, they're scared. And when they zoomed in on her and she, like, did her little, like, angry, scared head shake, I was like, she looks like the Webkins. I'm not even kidding. That was the exact expression that my Webkins did in my movie maker. And that is all I could think of. And I wish I wish you played Webkins because you would be like, what a good comparison. <laughs> and I'd be like, thank you. We might need a side-by-side for the Instagram. Don't worry. I still know my password and my username. You can see my decked out house. In the next flashback, Charlie is frantically looking for the last of his stash of heroin in a trashed hotel room. He's not alone. He has some girl who is also looking to score. She asks for a bump, but Charlie says that they're out. And he tells her that he will look her up the next time he's in Sydney and send a copy of his CD. She tells him to keep it. She only wants drugs. For some reason, he decides to take the last of his drugs out of his pocket, like right in front of her. Right? <laughs> Stupid. Keep that in your pocket for five more minutes. She sees this and tries to get some. He denies it again. Things get physical. She starts to hit him until he throws her off. She hits him again and again, calling him pathetic, and leaves, but he holds on to the stash. She also grabbed the bottle of champagne on her way out, which I thought was funny. Yeah, I'm really waiting for Charlie to, like, redeem himself. I still hate him. And, like, I'm not saying... No, I don't know what I'm saying. This was just a really uncomfortable scene for Charlie, but it really shows you how far he's come. But considering what happens at the end of the episode, I don't know if he's gotten that I mean, he was forced to quit. Yeah, I mean, it was his choice in the sense that he threw Where was the. he gonna get it? Well, he threw the last of it away, so it's not like he ran out and was forced to quit. He made the decision to forgo the so last. He's gonna of it. run out eventually. Apparently not. Whole fucking statues of him on the island. <laughs> on the island, Charlie catches up to Saeed and tells him that Danielle is on the beach looking for him. Saeed asks why, but they're interrupted by sons screaming for help. They run back to the camp and. Claire has been knocked out and the baby is gone. Everyone starts to panic. Saeed's asking where they went. And Charlie decides to hit Saeed in the face, saying it's his fault and he should have given him a gun. Then Saeed catches him by his throat as he goes to throw another punch, telling him, do not hit me again. Hottie of the week. Really? This was not a very hot episode, let me just say. This I thought week, Sawyer might get it. It's not a hot episode. Um... Oh, I forgot. Sawyer did all that swimming. Unfortunately, it didn't stand out to me in the episode. This one did. So, hottie of the week. Imagine thinking you could punch Saeed. Right. He you did. Know, you know what I said? 
I think I called him Pepe Le Pew in my notes because <laughs> when I saw him, I was like, that's something little Pepe Le Pew would do. And then the rest of the episode, anytime he did anything, I was like, fucking Pepe Le Pew. Said says that they're wasting time and they can catch up to her. And he says, he knows where she's going. Dun, dun, dun. Back at the Black Rock, Jack says that they will carry the sticks in his bag. Block suggests that they take six sticks in total, three and three, split between two people as a failsafe. Jack decides that he and Locke shall carry, but Kate wants to get on the action. Jack says no, but she claims that this is the only reason she came. She says she needs to do this. Lots of classic Jack and Kate, and Locke decides that they're just going to draw straws. Did somebody ask her to come, or did she just come? She decided to come. Okay, so shut the fuck up. Lauren, why do you think she needs to do this? I don't know. You know what? I would let her carry it, and then as soon as she put that backpack on, I'm going to push her over. (laughs) I'm going to say good riddance, and I think that's what they should have done. I'm wondering if she's just going to, like, come back, and, like, because everyone hates her... She's just going to be like, hey, guys, I know I'm a criminal and I've been lying to you and I stole Joanna's ID, but I carried the dynamite for you. I don't think it's that. I think it's like she's like, let's see how bad of a person I am if fate wants me to die. She's like, I just need to test fate right now to see if I should be punished. And if I do blow up, then I probably deserved it, which makes you question. What did RZT do? Go ahead and say his name just once. RZT. Arnst. Arnst. Jack asks Hurley if he wants to get on this too, but Hurley points out that Jack has some Arnst on him. Some R-E-S-P-C-T on him. They draw straws, and Locke and Kate are the ones to carry, and Jack is not happy. So they kind of all looked the same length to me. When they pulled them, I was like, not one single clue who's carrying it. <laughs> that all looked the same. It was funny because Locke did not try to shuffle that at all. He had, he had the long straw pointed towards Jack and then the, two, the one in the middle and the one towards Kate he's, with the short straw. He's Kate's shit, too. He said, pull it. <laughs> <laughs> I also like the little scene where Kate, like, held hers up to lock as if they needed to, like, verify. On the raft, Walt asks about the SOS equipment and Michael explains how it works as they test it. Walt finds Sawyer reading the messages in the bottle. Walt then shames him, but Sawyer says he just doesn't care. He comments about one of the survivors sleeping next to Scott at night, despite having a family back home. And Walt points out Scott is dead, and he is thinking of Steve. That's what I want to see an episode about. About Nancy and Steve? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. I'd like to point out that at this scene, I was like, oh, Scott, my boy. And then Walt was like, Scott's dead. That's Steve. And I went, ah, shit. (laughs) Honestly, I feel like if your plane crashed and you were stuck on an island and you might never get off and you had a little island to love. Are you saying royal you or are you specifically talking Roy? to like, like you, you keep talking? you keep saying you, your plane crashed, you had a little island love. Speaking about you. Me okay, I just wasn't sure. Who else are you speaking about? You. Like anyone? Anyone. No, I'm speaking about Use Zane Kohler specifically. Okay. Zane Earl Kohler. Nope. Keep that in. Cutting that out. Um, if you had a little island love and you came back, I would be like, okay. I mean, what else are you supposed to do on the island? Play backgammon? I would have an island love. Let me say that 
very clear. Like Andrew and I were sitting in the airport and we were getting on two different planes. And I was like, well, I'll see you in a week, unless this is like a manifest situation. In that case, I'll see you in five years, but I will have moved on. I want you to know that. I'm like, I think my ego would be hurt a little. I would be like, you should have been warning me every single day. But then I'd be like, I might have done the same. You know? Wait, 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 wait. My plane crashes. Mm -hmm. I'm supposed to mourn you? Yeah, because you miss me. Hey, did you die? And you're thinking about how sad I must be. Sad and alone, thinking that you're dead. And that really breaks your heart, and you can't function to be apart from me because you love me so much. I want to quickly say that Marvel missed out big time not exploring the blip anymore. Like, everyone disappeared for five years and then came back. They could do, like, a fucking drama series about the implications that would have on people's lives i'd watch the shit out of that i wouldn't watch that it's basically manifest it's manifest and that's the worst show on television i've never seen it it's horrible a lot of people tell me i'd like it everyone's like oh zane you'd like either manifest or yellow jackets yellow jackets i'm like is it because it's about a fucking plane and people go missing talking about yellow jackets and you were just like oh because it's similar to lost i was like it's literally nothing like lost except a plane crashes and they're stuck there, and the land is, like, giving them signs. And I was like, okay, so it's a little bit like... <laughs> <laughs> the more you talked about season one, I was like, this is loss. I was like, are there flashbacks? She's like, yeah, there's flashbacks. <laughs> <laughs> Sawyer says the trip is long, and they need to keep themselves entertained somehow. But then ask who Hugo is and how he has $160 million to leave to his mother. Walt asks how he would feel if someone read his... And Sora says that he did not write one, and that the only letter he ever wrote is to the man he will kill. Walt asks why he's going to kill him, and Sawyer says, because he needs to. Question. Do you think that the real reason he was looking through that bottle was to see what Kate wrote? Maybe. I do. Mm. I think it's a little bit of both. Yeah, I would read them too. I feel yeah. like had he been explicitly told Kate did not write one, he would still be reading them. Yeah, true. But I think like he's going through I mean, them and he really wants to know what's what he's supposed to do on the raft. Talk to daddy and son. No. Yeah. Son's not on the raft. No. Uh, <laughs> Michael and Walt, you idiot. Like, <laughs> you mean Jim? Jim's English is getting better. No, I was talking about father son relationships. You got to be very careful when there's a literal character. No. Son. Like Jim's English is getting better. He knew the word rudder. I'm sure if that would have flown. Because what's her face? Oh, yeah, son, son spelled things phonetically. Okay. English words and specifically boat terms, which once that again, nice. I don't know that her English would be that good that she knows fucking starboard. I don't <laughs> even know starboard. I know from my time on the sailing team. But. <laughs> At the Hoover Dam? Yes. I told somebody, I told somebody about that and they were just like, I didn't know there was a Hoover Dam not in Westerville because that's the famous one. So yeah, people agree with me. Oh my God, you're just so wrong. (laughs) Sorry. In the next scene, Saeed and Charlie run to the Halliburton case for guns. As Saeed explains, Danielle is going to the smoke signal to deliver the baby in exchange for Alex. Charlie calls her insane because he's ableist, but Saeed calls her a mother who lost her child, like Claire. Saeed hands him a gun and tells him this is not about revenge. Claire and son appear as Claire cries about how this was her fault and she's coming. Charlie comforts her and she begs him 
to get him back and in the moment names him Aaron. Lauren, what did you immediately say? That's a terrible name. That's, I think, what I said. Something along the lines. Like, all these episodes, I'm like, what's she going to name the baby? What is she going to name the baby? Aaron? Aaron. That's what she comes up with? That's gross and boring. Also, I hated this scene. Claire is so annoying. I'm sorry. I think I'm supposed to feel bad for her. I find her so annoying. To all our Aaron listeners out there, I like the name. Please keep listening. I think my problem is, is the only maternal instinct I've ever had is towards my late cat, Miss Louise. Not even Ladyfish? I love Ladyfish, but I wouldn't say I feel maternal towards Ladyfish. <laughs> ladyfish got stuck in the filter. Oh my god, I was a little mama bear then. I freaked out and I saved her life. Um, but anyways, I have no maternal instincts towards human children. I also don't like fresh babies. They look like little aliens. That's not a fresh baby. I could tell he was too big. What do you I want them to do, Kate? Go get a fucking newborn baby and put it on yeah, the beach? I would. Or they can make, like, a fake one. They can make, like, one of those... No, we've all dogs. seen... American Sniper. American Sniper. That fucking doll was terrible. I'm just saying, I think I found the scene annoying because I'm not maternal at all. And so I was like, I... Shut up. I don't care. Well, I love babies. I work with babies. And I get it. But I think Claire is really annoying. So, yeah. I feel the need to explain. I I did once have one baby that I liked. His name was Truman. And he was bald. And he never cried. All he did was hang out. And I think that's what all babies should do. All babies should be like Truman. They should be bald and they should hang out. We should send out a memo to all babies. <laughs> the little streak of red in Claire's hair from like the blood... I thought she just like had a streak of red dye in her hair. And I was like, oh, cause she's, she's edgy. She's not like the other mom. She's a cool mom. <laughs> Charlie promises to get Aaron back. Then we get a flashback of the airport in Sydney. Michael tries to talk to Walt, but the man is a vault. Michael then goes to make a phone call saying it's for work, but really he's calling his mom saying he's unsure how to take care of Walt with his living conditions and work schedule. He then suggests that his mother take Walt, which she shoots down. At this point, wheelchair lock rolls by. He asks his mother what to do, saying it wasn't part of the plan, and he's not supposed to be mine. The call ends, and Walt is staring at him. Michael attempts to explain himself, but Walt simply says he needs new batteries. Which is a lie! I had that Game Boy! It's a rechargeable battery. You don't replace the batteries. Wow. He's going to have a lot to unpack in therapy. <laughs> That's all i got to say about that kid. I do think, though, that, like, I'm not a Michael lover. We all know that. But I think that his feelings are valid. And I think calling your mom frantically is incredibly relatable. Yeah. And so I think it was unfortunate that Walt walked into that situation. Walt's whole life is unfortunate. Walt's situation is unfortunate to begin with. But I don't, I honestly, it didn't make me hate Michael. Honestly, it made me feel like sad for him. Who has it worse? I'm going to throw this out there. Who has it worse? Locke or Walt? Walt. No, Walt's. Walt's dad doesn't like him. Locke's dad, have we gotten there yet? The kidney? 
Locke's dad stole an organ. Yeah, okay, Locke. I was going to say... Also keep in mind everything else we know about Locke. I was going to say Walt because he's a child, but then I immediately was like, well, he still has a parent who is there, and Locke is just getting fucked in every hole. That's... What, like, what really happened to Walt? Susan died? We all agreed that was for the best. Well, it's just, it was so much at once. Like, he lost his mom. He had to move to a new continent because his Never got there. dad didn't want him. Brian was like, uh, no. So now he's with this new stranger guy who he has assumed his whole life just wanted nothing to do with him. So that's sad, but locked. And now it's like reaffirmed that he wants nothing to do with him after listening to that conversation. Yeah. I'm going to go with lock myself. Michael teaches Walt how to steer the raft. We get some wholesome bonding, but Walt asks what happened between Susan and Michael. Michael explains that they tried their best to make it work, but their lives went in different directions. Walt asks why he never saw Michael, and he explains that Susan didn't want him to, and that she wanted what was best for him. Walt says that she was wrong, but the tender moment is cut short when the raft hits the most random log in the world. I don't know where it came from. Yeah, it was a log. Because Michael says, we hit a log. And then when Sawyer's like in the water, you actually see it like right next to him. I don't know how he just knows they hit a log. Unless he, he saw the log. <laughs> I didn't see it until later. You're telling me they're taking this raft into the open sea and it's getting fucked up by a log. Where did the log come from? That's what I want to know. <laughs> they're going to die. They lose the rudder. I'm, I'm sorry. The second that happens, I'm swimming back to shore. I'm over that. Maybe that's what Sawyer was like first thought. Yeah. It's like a bandit ship. And then he's getting the rudder. And he's like, oh, yeah, I am getting the rudder. <laughs> yeah, I'm a hero. Throw me in the boat. <laughs> they lose the rudder. They drop the sail as the rudder starts to sink. And Sawyer dives in and grabs it. They toss him the rope and pull him in. Michael thanks him, even calling him Buddy. For saving them, and when he grabs Sawyer's shirt, he finds the gun tucked away and gives it back to him, telling him he should put it back on before he gets burned. I didn't like that. Shut the fuck up, Michael. So he has a gun. Who cares? I need a gun in the ocean. I know, but like... Oh, actually, I just remembered. I asked that, and then I answered my own question. I just answered it again. What if there's a pirate? I thought you were going to say a shark. No. Pirates are real, and they're very scary. I'm Honestly, if a pirate showed up, I'd be like, take whatever the fuck you want. We don't have anything here. Can we get a ride? You talking like fucking Blackbeard? No, I'm not talking Blackbeard. I'm talking real-life pirates. There are real pirates. What would a pirate want to do with them? They steal shit, and they kill What them. do they have to steal? I don't know, Zane. They Besides do, like, a gun. Like, pirates usually go after, like, cargo ships and stuff, but, like, I listen. I'm not up to date on pirate politics, but I feel like pirates probably don't like other pirates. And on that janky ass boat, they could be mistaken for pirates, and there could be a little pirate battle. You clearly have not seen Pirates of the Caribbean. There's a whole. I'm talking about Pirates of the Caribbean pirates. I'm talking about real pirates, like current day pirates. Anyway, I just thought that that was kind of annoying by Michael. But maybe that's just because I think Sawyer's hot. I mean, I can, like, understand why he would be, like, a little judgmental. Like, this was this is off the heels of the whole, you're a liar and a criminal and I don't want you near my son thing. Yeah, I guess. At the same time, though, it's like, well, they don't know much about 
anything about the island or the others or anything. But like after everything that happened, I would maybe just want a gun on me. Yeah. What or if, the pirates. What if a polar bear just fucking appears out of the out of nowhere? You know, they tend to do that, Kate. Not that far away. Jack carefully puts the bag on Kate and she apologizes. He says it was simply luck of the draw. They stagger their formation with Jack leading the way, then Kate, then Hurley, then Locke, as the sun is heading down. Jack says, if anything is seen or heard, including the security system, put the packs down and run. Do you think they're going to see the security system more? Um, maybe. I feel like that's a lot going on. But I also just don't know what's going to happen next episode. I feel like next episode is just going to be about trying to get into the hatch but and trying to get the baby back. I feel like this the, the monster is just too much. The B team, which is all of the nameless characters and the women that aren't Kate, they arrive at the cave and Shannon sees that the bed that Boone died on. She sits down and Sun joins her saying that Boone died bravely. Shannon thanks her, and then Sun asks Shannon if she thinks all of this is because they are being punished for the things they did before, the secrets they kept, and the lies they told. Shannon asks who would be punishing them, and Sun says it's fate. But Claire says no one is punishing them, and there is no such thing as Kate. Nope. There's no such thing as fate. (laughs) She stares off with a dead look. I thought that was kind of interesting because... She went to a psychic, and I'm not saying that she, like, fully believed in psychics, but, like, I mean, that psychic knew something. That psychic basically knew the plane was going to crash, so she doesn't believe in fate, but, like, she has evidence that a psychic was psychic. I feel like most people are, like, can go either way on fate, but, like, most people don't seek out psychics. Correct. That was her friend. Was it? Her friend who took her to the psychic initially. Yeah, I don't think she but was like, like... I put my mom in my car and was like, let's go. By the way, we're seeing a psychic. My mom would not go. Yeah, true. She did go willingly. I feel like your mom would. No, she wouldn't. When we went to New Orleans, she literally wouldn't even let me go in any of the voodoo shops. It, like, genuinely upset me. I need to go back so I can go without my mom. She thought I was going to get, like, hexed or something. <laughs> Maybe you did. You had a rough year. No, that was too long ago. Syed and Charlie run along the coastline. Something that really bothers me about this island, and I, and every time I see a fan-made map, I try to see how accurate it is, and it's never accurate, and I blame the show. Everything is always to the left. Anytime they leave the beach, they go to the left. Well, you go left far enough, you go to the right, you think about it. In the season five finale, I'm going to have a huge rant about how the geography on the island doesn't make any fucking sense because they're always walking to the left. But the one time they went right, they saw a landmark. Maybe it's the camera angle. Is it in front? Is it behind? It's left. It's always left. If you're fit, if you're at the beach camp and you face the ocean, you go left anytime they go somewhere on the fucking island. Well, maybe there's just like, maybe there's like a jungle path out there. I, I know the real reason. It's because the set that they filmed the beach on, if they went right, they would have seen a bunch of fucking buildings. You are a fifth <laughs> Just keep in mind, they're always going left and it doesn't make any okay, sense. Move up. Charlie can't keep up with Saeed and he eventually gets lost. 
He calls for Saeed, and when they find each other, Saeed says they need to take a break. They're at the Beechcraft. Apparently, if you go left, you get there. Charlie asks if this is where Boone fell, and Saeed explains how it came from Nigeria, and it's full of heroin. Does Saeed not know? No. I think the only people that know are Claire, Jack, and Locke. Awkward. And Jerry's out if Claire actually remembers, considering she got kidnapped right before it happened and then lost her memory. Mm -hmm. Saeed breaks a statue in front of Charlie, which, if you listen to the sound effect, it's terrible. Also, I don't know if dropping a statue from about chest height into mud would break it. But it breaks open, and Charlie stares at the heroine as his inner turmoil races on. How do you think this is going to go for Charlie? Uh, I think he's going to relapse. The jungle team makes their way through the dark territory. You were right, by the way. It is territoire, Fonts. Was I really? Yeah. Wow. (laughs) I'm trilingual. (laughs) Wait, what's the other one? Espanol. <laughs> As they cross a creek, Hurley asks what Locke thinks is in the hatch. Locke then asks him what he thinks in the hatch, and Hurley explains that he thinks it's a bunker full of food and TVs. Locke and Hurley discuss their love of Twinkies, and then Hurley asks what Locke actually thinks is inside. Locke responds with hope. That is such a lost. Nope. <laughs> that is such a Locke thing to say. Yeah, I feel like that really ruins the fun. Like, it's like um, Obama. <laughs> <laughs> Obama's in the hatch. I bet, I bet Locke voted for Obama. Oh, yeah, for sure. Hope. That was his thing. I think one day we should just have, like, a bonus episode where we get drunk and we just debate everyone's political standings on the island. Lauren gets lit. We should do that, like, um... PowerPoint night where it all has to include lost characters but like different topics. That's a great idea. We should do okay if we get no I'm just kidding. If we get 600 followers. I would do um let the lost characters wear to the camp themed Met Gala. <laughs> <laughs> I would do how the lost characters react to the COVID-19 pandemic. Mm, that's a good one. I'm not as quick-witted as you guys. I don't know. <laughs> Lauren will know by the end of season two. But I'll come up with something. Lauren. Yes. What do you think is in the hatch? I know you know some aspects, but I want details, and I'm going to sit here as long as it takes. I know there's a computer, and I think that there will be food. And, okay, a light turns on, right? Mm-hmm. I think there will be, like, maybe a shower. How did you get shower from the light? Well, if there's electricity, then there's probably running water. Okay. And I think there will be food, and I think there will be a microwave for the food. And that's all I got. Polar bear scientific research. So you think it's like a bunker, basically? Yeah, I just think it's like... Yeah, like, there would be, like, rations and shit. Maybe even some medical supplies. Stacks of TV dinners. Well, I don't know about that, because it'd have to be, like, non-perishable stuff. Like Twinkies. Yeah. I don't like Twinkies. I like Twinkies, too. I said I don't like Twinkies? No, but that's what Locke said. I I don't care. Also, it feels very Dora the Explorer. 
The Explorer. Dora the Explorer. Because I said, I liked Mickey's too. But like at the end of an episode of Dora, she'd be like, what was your favorite part? And then you sit in like two seconds of silence. And she's like, I like that part too. What was your favorite part? No, people say that I liked Mickey's too, like Dora. I don't even know how she said. I think Boots actually was the one who no, said he liked it. I'll do it. I like Twinkies too. I don't no, fucking know. Like, I like Twinkies too. Yeah, it's like that. It wasn't that. Yeah, well, but your voice was wrong. I'm a 23 year old white man, okay? I don't you know if I can do a five year old Hispanic girl. You do all the time. That's different. I'm closer to Scooby than I am Dora. <laughs> yeah. A big-ass bird screeches in the sky and Hurley comments that the Dark Territory is the perfect name for this place. And then, instead of getting lost, we get To Be Continued. Is this the first bird we've ever seen on the show? Possibly. Maybe. Like, there's only birds in the Dark Territory? Well, everyone knows that the birds are just government, like, drones. And so, technically, the island was discovered. <laughs> yeah and that is how the episode ends so we have one episode left before season one is completely done what do you think is going to happen i think that they're going to get into the hatch and i think we'll see the others like maybe that'll be when they chase down french chick Maybe, like, she'll have already made it there or something like that. Or maybe the others will come. I don't know that they'll come because I feel like they were coming for the baby. And I think the raft will crash. Like, I think that they'll capsize, but that will be, like, the last thing we see. Like, they'll all go overboard or something will happen. And then it'll be, like, lost. And, like, that's it. Is there anything that could happen that you would be upset or angry or disappointed with um if kate and jack kissed i would be pretty pissed really yeah because you're a sate shipper no because there's been like no build-up and i don't really like them together so that would upset me and anything else is like probably fine oh maybe if like they try to do something positive with charlie not into it right now i can't believe that we made it well we haven't made it yet but I can't believe we made it through all of season one without killing each other. We got I beg to differ. <laughs> we, cut, we cut out a pretty big fight. Yeah, but I was here for it. <laughs> Let it be known. I that. Uh, listeners, after episode 22, Born to Run, Lauren and I got into a pretty big fight. And... We apologized to each other afterwards, and I commented that I was proud of us for taking 22 episodes to scream at each other at that level. And I told Kate that I said that, and she's like, well, why did I have to be here for it? Yeah. Um, I will just go ahead and apologize to Kate. <laughs> I, during the fight, was looking over at you, and you were like, I I was like you were beeping the taboo buzzer. I did. I was like, I, I couldn't hear the buzzer saying, so I was like, stop. And I was like, what is common courtesy here? Should I wheel away in my chair? Should I take my AirPod out? Is that more embarrassing? Should I just stay? Oh, that's yeah. I'm sorry about that. <laughs> um, but I'm surprised it only happened one time. 
we've had some some scuffles, but never have I wanted to hang up on you. And I really wanted to hang up on you, but I didn't for the recording. But I was pretty pissed. Anyway, so <laughs> how do we segue from that? Please. If you want to see none of the content that Lauren made, oh my god, we um we kind of dropped the ball on TikTok. I I just um no, there's no we. Okay, fine. Zane was shitting his pants, and I dropped the ball <laughs> on TikTok. Yeah, if it gets me out of the blame, holding up to it. <laughs> So the but there are some TikToks and if you want to see them, you can head over to TikTok at Lauren Gets Lost Pod, Instagram at Lauren Gets Lost Pod, and Twitter at Lauren Gets Lost. You can find us on Facebook. Just search Lauren Gets Lost Podcast. If you super love us and you like to make a donation, help us get some upgraded equipment because this setup was a disaster. Uh, you can donate with the link in the episode description. You can also help us out by giving us five stars, telling your friends, your family, your dynamite inventor cousin, and join us next time for the final episode of season one, Exodus part three. Thank you for listening to Lauren Gets Lost. This podcast is hosted by and edited by Zane Kohler with co-host Lauren Kohler, produced and guest starring Kate Worcester, and our music is done by David Kohler. And remember, they were not dead the whole time.